Hello, NAFI members, flight instructors, pilots, whoever might be watching or listening to this. My name is John Niehaus. I'm the Director of Program Development for the National Association of Flight Instructors. I'm going to keep this short and sweet, um, but uh, one of our main things that we do here at NAFI is recognize our members for being amazing, for outstanding achievements, for the cool things that they do. And I'm sure by now you have all heard the story of the ATC controller that helped a passenger land a uh, Cessna caravan over in Florida after their pilot became incapacitated. NAFI member Robert Morgan was that controller. Um, and boy, are we proud of him and uh, proud of what he was able to uh, to do. And, and the passengers walked away. And I believe the pilot, uh, they even released information that said that the pilot was doing better. And uh, it sounds like it's a, it's a good thing all around. And so one of our board members who happens to live in the Florida region, his name is J.D. Dabosky. After this whole thing took place, he actually found out that uh, that Robert wasn't that far, that he was a member, and went in and interviewed him. And uh, so what you're about to watch is a spontaneous interview of uh, what happened directly after. This was probably uh, a day after, maybe even less than a day. And um, he recounts the story of what happened, how it happened, and uh, how being a flight instructor led to the successful outcome. So without further ado, J.D. Dabosky, NAFI board member, flight instructor in his own right, and a professional pilot interviewing um, Robert Morgan, flight instructor and uh, ATC controller. Hello, I'm J.D. Dabosky. I'm on the board of directors of the National Association of Flight Instructors. And I'm sitting here today with uh, Robert Morgan, who is an active flight instructor here at the North County Airport and also a member of NAFI. Um, Robert, just to confirm a couple of things, uh, you've been an air traffic controller for 20 years in North Carolina, Fort Myers, and here in Palm Beach. That's correct. And uh, you've been a pilot since 1997, so about 25 years experience as a pilot with about 1,200 hours of flying time in your logbook. Correct. And you've been a CFI for three years. You're an active CFI here at the North County Airport in Palm Beach, and you've been a NAFI member for two years. Correct. So thank you for all those things. Yeah. And uh, yesterday when you were at work in uh, Palm Beach, you were working in the radar room. Correct. And um, there, it was kind of an exciting event. Yeah, so... Um, so what, talk what, us through it. Okay, so what happened was um, at the time of this stuff was going down, I was actually on break, mm -hmm. and I just got, we have a paging system in the building. Mm -hmm. Usually it's just like, hey, um, we'll take you back to work or whatever. Just general paging going on. Mm -hmm. Well, this one was, uh, Bobby, we'll take you back immediately. Okay. And that was like a true sign of something is really going, going bad or, or something, really emergency situation. I never thought it would be like what it was. Do you think the reason they called you was because they knew you were a flight instructor and they knew you were a pilot? Yeah, so a few of us there are pilots. Mm -hmm. We actually have a few instructors that work there, um, maybe like three. Mm -hmm. um, but some of them don't instruct as much as I do or fly as much as I do. So I just happened to be the most convenient one and they thought maybe the most qualified at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was there and mm -hmm. I was supposed to be home that day I was called in for overtime oh boy so uh and you earned it yeah so I, <laughs> when I walked into the radar room they just said uh there's a pilot in the plane but he's unconscious um there's two passengers on board and they're flying the plane now he's over there on 
near Boca at 5,000 feet. We told him to send to 3,000 feet, and we need you to try to help him land the plane. So initially, when the plane was talking to air traffic control, they were talking to the Palm Beach Approach, or they were talking to Boca? Um, so they, the plane departed Marsh Harbor, Okay. climbed up to about 12,000 feet, to Cessna Caravan, mm -hmm. and at some point... And, and Okay, just one small point sure. there. It was a Cessna Caravan that was in distress. Have you ever flown a caravan before? I've never flown a caravan. Okay, keep going. Okay, so at some point the uh, pilot had said, uh, I don't feel good, I have a headache, and I guess one of the passengers was his friend, mm -hmm. and so he was just telling him how he felt, and then uh, within a few seconds or a minute, he just fell over onto the controls, and from what I understand, he wasn't talking to us that, at that time, he was talking to Miami Center. Mm -hmm. The plane, with the weight of his body, just pushed the plane down into a nosedive, and it went in about 260 knots, um, about 6,400 feet per minute descent. Wow. So they had to get the pilot off the controls, unhook them, and when they did that, it ripped the headset out of the, the, the plug-in. And um, I don't think they knew how to install it back in. So after they got him out of the way and got control of the plane again, which they don't, they're not pilots, they were just figured it out, uh, they used the co-pilot headset and put that on, and they were Nordo for a little while. Do you know if... One of the passengers was sitting in the co-pilot seat of the caravan? I don't know for sure, but it sounds like they were. Okay. Because they, they were friends, the pilot was mm -hmm. friend with the, the person sitting in the co-pilot seat, which I believe he was. So this occurred, They uh, the passenger gets control of the aircraft, they start making radio calls to ATC. Are they talking to Miami Center first when the passenger starts speaking to them? They should be talking to Miami Center uh -huh. um, at that point. Um, I believe they were talking to Miami Center. Mm -hmm. If not, it was somehow they got the Fort Pierce tower frequency. Okay. It might have been like preloaded. They were flying a G-1000 aircraft. Were they planning on clearing customs at Fort Pierce? That was their plan. Okay. Marsh Harbor to, to Fort Pierce. Okay. And then Fort Pierce, clear customs, go to Lakeland. Okay. And then when they started speaking to you, you were speaking to them on the Fort Pierce frequency. Yeah, So so what happened was somehow they got in touch with Fort Pierce Tower. Uh -huh. They were given a phone number. They said, um, I didn't get that number or no call was made. So mm -hmm. Fort Pierce Tower did a lot of heavy lifting trying to talk the, the pilot down too. Hey, just maintain wings level. Uh, you, do you see the shoreline? Yeah, I see the shoreline, but I don't know where I am because they asked him ident. He couldn't figure out the ident button. Mm -hmm. Squawk 7700, they couldn't figure that out. So eventually they just had him fly up the shoreline and then Palm Beach Approach was able to locate him on the shoreline. And there's okay. some of that audio out there. Um, yep. But when I was brought into the room, they said, this is the situation. Um, we have him on their emergency radio on 28.2. So we worked him on Fort Pierce Tower, Tower frequency, frequency. Yep. to That's land at Palm Beach International, which is odd. Yep. It's very well, odd. They they probably didn't want to take him off of a frequency that where they had contact with Correct. Them. And um, from what I understand, I don't know how it happened, but the main display in front of the, the passenger was black. So he had no gauges on his screen. So, so he was to, looking over at the captain's side. He was looking at um, kind of referencing the primary gauges on the bottom, the steam gauges. Yep. And then um, um, I the think backups. all the way to the right if he could. Yep. Because so the caravan if it, has, if, if it has G1000. Three screens. Yeah. Then... 
then it has the backup or the standby gauges that are down by the throttle body. I don't know how that panel went black. I don't know if it's damaged or if it could be turned off. I don't know. So, okay. When you started talking to the passenger who's now the pilot, um, did you get a feeling that they could tell you what their airspeed was or what their altitude was or what their heading was, any of those things? So, I mean, the good thing with our being on radar, we have a lot of that information. So I have ground speed, I have his altitude, uh, and I can kind of his general direction of heading. But mm -hmm. he said, hey, I can tell what my altitude is. He, mm -hmm. I knew that. Mm -hmm. But then we, when we started thinking, and okay, we, we do have to get him to land, mm -hmm. does he have any kind of airspeed indication in the plane? And I wasn't super familiar with that plane, but I had a picture that my manager printed out of the cockpit. Mm -hmm. So I was able to kind of reference that and see the thro throttle quadrant and kind of just kind of coax him or coach him on how to work the throttle just to help slow it down some. Right. So eventually the other passenger was kind of, I could hear him in the background trying to help the passenger that was flying. Yep. And he said, yeah, yeah, we do have airspeed. So they must have been looking at the primary gauge in the bottom yep. on the typical G1000 type aircraft. Um, so do you think that your CFI training or your pilot training or your ATC training really helped out in this situation? I think everything helps. Yeah. It's kind of like pulling pulling all the training together. Right. Um, and then also my coworkers and uh, even managers. So could they listen in on the conversation too? Um, so the way our emergency radio works, it's just like an old, like almost like a cop radio. Oh really? So you're keying up like this. Oh, and then it came over and a speaker. And it's over a speaker above me. So everybody uh, else could It's hear. not the ideal, but in emergency, you kind of have to do that. And it's only because we couldn't change his frequency. So when you were helping him navigate from the Boca area up to the Palm Beach area, did you just tell him to keep the coastline off to the left? Yeah, so first thing, right when I got in there, I said, Hey, can you hear me okay? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Okay, great. Uh, what do you see? I said, hey, I have the shoreline off my right, and he was just north of Boca Raton. I said, okay. And my first thought was like, all right, well, the closest airport's Boca. Right. However, as it started progressing, I said, well, Boca's not the best option. If, if As long as he's got control of this plane, I feel like we should bring him to Palm Beach because it's got a bigger runway. Bigger runway, more hospital care, crash fire rescue. Everything is right there, right. everything you need. Right. So I, I said, all right, I think we're going to change the plan. We're going to bring you to Palm Beach because we got a bigger runway, uh, more services, and you'll have a better shot at this. Yep. And I just, my whole time, I was just thinking, I got to keep him calm. And he was a very calm guy. He seemed to handle it good. Were you happy that the caravan had the gear down already? Yeah, so I, I wasn't even thinking about it at first, but um, three weeks prior, the plane had floats on it, and they had just taken them off wow. recently. Wow. So luckily for him, and I guess the, the passenger flying the plane is a friend of the owner of the plane. Okay. So that's how he was on board that day. Um, Maybe he had some experience flying in the plane prior. He he had a lot of rides, but never as the pilot, right. never acting as the pilot. So right. I think he's seen a lot. Okay. Um, any news on the pilot? The so, one that was I, so I just got some updated news this morning. Mm -hmm. So I believe he might have had some kind of heart attack. They said it was a uh, aorta, mm -hmm. like a leaking aorta. Mm -hmm. And he had some kind of surgery. Mm -hmm. And they would try to get him up 2 a.m. this morning and no luck. And then around 9 a.m., 10 a.m. this morning, they, he actually came to. Oh, good. And he says he remembers hearing everything going on. But I guess he was just kind of like, you know, out of it. Yep. 
Yeah. So it sounds like it's possible he can make a recovery. Yep. There's a lot of pilots who go through heart problems and get back in the air, for sure. Okay. Um, anything else that you'd like? The whole point of this video is to share it with our NAFI audience. Um, obviously, you were the right guy in the right place at the right time with your experience, especially your flight instructor experience, especially your pilot experience, to help you. Anything else that you'd like to add that can sort of add a little special sauce to the NAFI briefing that we're going to put this on? Uh, so I think just um, ever since I got in aviation, I've always had a love for it. You, every flight I've learned something, even just not flying, just reading about it or reading the POH and just listening to your mentors. And um, my ATC background has, has taught me a lot too, and I got to see both sides of everything. Um, I've had good instructors, bad instructors. Um, but usually they always still teach me something, even if I don't get along with them, they've always taught me something. But, um, you know, just, I feel like all the knowledge, even just watching, reading accident reports and listening to videos on YouTube, Vast Aviation, I've listened to a bunch of those and kind of hear it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just pulled together all my, all my uh, knowledge and try to just apply it to the situation. And then the flight instruction part of it, just breaking it all down they might it might say one way to do it in a book but that's not always the easiest to explain to students you just have to kind of break it down really simple even when a student is not even a pilot right right correct you had to really break it down for them so we thank you for your NAFI membership we thank you for your CFI participation and uh, we thank you for an excellent job done yesterday Bobby thank good you job. thank you very much so good news from uh, South Florida everybody survived and, uh, oh, one more question. Does this remind you of the movie Airplane at all? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Take care.